Before we get started, I wanted to mention that on June 27th at 5 p.m., Ahmed, Ellie, and I will be at Think Coffee in New York City, and we would love for you all to stop by, whoever can. It's at 73 8th Avenue in New York City, so come hang out. Okay. <laughs> all right. Look at who's the fun police. <laughs> all right. So um, we'll start with our standard intro. Welcome to the Queer Arabs Podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And then we have Nadia as a guest ho- guest co-host. Hey, Nadia. Hey, y'all. What's up? Hey. Um, I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. By trans Lebanese and Nadia. And Nadia. Also a queer Lebanese person. Hey. Fuck yeah. And we're here today with Iman El Husseini and Jess Solomon. Hey, guys. Hey, Thanks for being here. I'm really excited. So Nadia, Iman, and Jess are all in New York, and then the two of us, Ali and Ellie, are in Texas. We wanted to talk to Iman and Jess about their comedy and anything else that they want to talk about. You want to explain like how like how Jess and I met? Because like that's kind of yeah. How about you and Jess uh, explain how you two connected? So we were. Awesome room, really. First, we need to explain like what a dance comedy competition is. So it's like, okay, there's this show. It's called Danceify That. The dancers are on teams, and we're making dances about viral YouTube videos that are supposed to be funny. And Jess was one of the comedian judges. Yes. So I was judging the pairs of dancers, and it was I was blown away. Um, these people, how they move and create comedy with their bodies and interpret these videos and i don't know anything about dance i'm not i'm like the I everything about like what the fuck we were doing <laughs> i was like you guys are so bendy i guess 10 non 10 for everyone but yeah no it's a really fun show and i'm i'm judging it tonight again actually so it's fun it's like, fun when, these mer- when artistic worlds merge so i got to meet nadia who i normally would not have met because i'm usually doing comedy but this was a dance comedy thing so nadia what was what was the video there were okay so there were a couple of videos the first one was he did these on ellen and get scared by a clown <laughs> and then the second one was um the kid who like couldn't put feet on the floor the kid playing with his and he like wouldn't put his feet on the floor it's a lot funnier if you watch them than if i explain them. yeah <laughs> it's it's the cursed it's the curse of the spoken medium. Who won the comp- Who won the dance competition that night? It, I think it's the minimalists. Yes, yeah, the minimalists uh, with with some soda. Yeah. Oh yeah, we ran into her at the airport, right? One of the minimalists. I was in a full blown fight with Iman. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was early, early morning, and I was. She was over my shoulder when I was checking in on one of those machines, and the pressure of her staring over my shoulder that I wasn't ticking things off quickly enough made it happen that I ticked the wrong thing, and then we couldn't check in on the machine, and we had to go wait. And anyway, and then and we were in a full blown fight, and then one of the women from the minimalist dance group 
was like, hey, I know you from Dance. Like, you were at Dance. I'm one of the minimalists. And I was like, hi. <laughs> Did that break up your fight? I mean. No, now I look like a completely, like, abusive Arab, you know, husband yelling well, at my wife you know, in the airport. It's not it terrible. It's, it's accurate. And I'm glad <laughs> someone was there to see what I deal with. No, yeah. Um, but it's a really cool show. And, um, and I, I, would have awesome. met, I would have met Nadia that night had you recommended me as one of the judges. Ooh. Right. Well, yeah, the person that runs the show uh, asked me if there was someone else I would want to judge with. And I know my wife would be amazing, but I sometimes try not to recommend her. So it doesn't just seem like a... You don't have friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fair. It was, I was thinking of the word nepotism, but sure, also, so I don't look like I don't have friends. <laughs> that is one, but that is something to regret. I wish you had both been judging that one. It's okay. I'll like. I'll come to something else you're doing in New York, and I'll I'll meet you guys. Oh, June 18th. Come to our um. We're co-hosting we're doing a, show a pride, for pride show. Yeah, I'll check that out. By the way, aren't so, we? No, I'm no Ellie. Before you even asked me, because I'm already upset. They are performing the day after I leave New York, and then the day before I go back to New York again. <laughs> what? No. Ellie was about to ask me about it, but. No. I don't want to get more riled up than I am because I'm so say, mad about my I was, timing. I was going to say, well, maybe they're just, maybe y'all can just hang out instead of being at, attending a thing. I mean, it's pride. So yeah, we should definitely I mean, hang out. There's I don't, maybe a million things happening. I don't know how to interact with people if I'm not with a microphone on a stage. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, we can... It's not that everyone's on stage, but like sometimes my performance anxiety is like so much lower than my social anxiety that like it's easier for me to be like go to a party if I'm like performing there than if I'm just like a person. Fair. Why don't we meet up with all of us carrying a microphone that we are not really going to use, but we'll just like put it in front of ourselves and then find a stage to like chill on? I like it. <laughs> yeah, just find like some empty bar on open mic night and just take over. Yeah, but not even actually use the mics, but just like hold them. <laughs> just taking over an open mic would feel so political, like all of us marching in during Pride. Oh, true. <laughs> Arab takeover, yeah. I'm in. I'm down. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, so Jess and Iman, can you both talk about, give a little bit about your backgrounds? Yeah, why whatever. are you so cool? Yeah, why are you so cool? Like, tell everyone. <laughs> I guess what makes me cool is I've embraced how uncool I am. <laughs> Leaning into the un the non I thought you were gonna say marrying me. Well yeah, cool. no, it's true. We do we do say how Iman has made me more more cool. I do get invited to more things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it was yeah, I mean I'm too friendly maybe and yeah. and not that cool. A lot of and I don't a lot of times people don't see or hear me or notice me. Um, and Iman, everybody always remembers you and invites you places since we've been in New York. Well, that, that was the funniest thing ever. So when we first moved to New York, just thinks that I'm, I'm kind of bitchy, which I guess I could be. Uh -huh. Um, but, uh, just did not want to associate with me. She was like, you know, I know we're a couple, we're moving to New York. It's a new city to do our own thing. This was three years make, ago. Make our own friends. And I'm like, no problemo. And then... <laughs> And but then I started getting invited to everything, all yeah. the cool parties, and she was like, "Hey, uh, does everybody know that I'm your wife? Can I be your plus one? Did you tell them we're married?" <laughs> <laughs> you walked here, and suddenly you were, you know, much more social than back home. Well, so. people here are so much cooler. Yeah, I guess they're cooler. You, yeah. I just had to, you know, I found, yeah, I found myself. Amongst... So, so what makes you so cool, Iman? Oh my God, it's just too many things to mention. Like, <laughs> where do I begin? Well, I guess you know what? It's not even being cool. It's just um, 
I think just being unapologetically unconventional, right? right? It's not something that we do on purpose. That's the thing. Everybody thinks that we're, you know, um, what, what do you call it? O- oppositional or we're trying to prove a point, but it's really, it, it's, it's really just who we are. Just unconventional people. You're a lot more unapologetic than me. That's true. And a lot of things don't show on your face. Right. That you feel. Even which though is I'm so, boiling on, on the inside. Yeah. So if I, if I'm, and I'm very apologetic. Yeah. I, I do worry a lot about doing the right thing. Right. That, that's your Canadian side. Yeah. Comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I my Canadian side and my, my white woman side. And your white woman side. It's, well, a, it's a lot. Like well, white Canadian woman, because I mean, white Ameri- Canadian American woman white is... women sometimes are just not apologetic. You know, there's a more of an entitlement. Uh, definitely. Right but yeah, I think I just never really wanted to follow. I, you know, something that I'm so I'm Palestinian Muslim, and mm-hmm. um, the 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 fondness that I had for Islam growing up was really. Uh, due to the golden age that we had, that we were, you know, pioneers, that we were innovators, that we contributed so much to society. When you told um, me that you guys invented coffee, I, she didn't believe me. We had like a huge we argument. Had to go <laughs> I'm like, you've invented so many cool things. She's like, coffee as if it, that's probably Italy. I was like, it has time. to be Italy or France. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the fondness that I had, which, you know, my father passed down to me the way I learned about Islam. I just thought that it was such a cool religion. And I grew up in the Middle East. So I'm Palestinian. I grew up in Kuwait, born oh, and raised okay. in Kuwait. Yeah. Until I was 10 years old uh, during the first Gulf War. Then we moved to Canada. And my parents were really liberal. I honestly thought we were Christian for the longest time until, like, <laughs> Ramadan rolled around the corner, and my parents are like, "We got to fast," and I'm like, "What? I thought we were Christian." Anyway, cause like, is that how it happened? Uh, Ramadan rolled around the corner, and you're like, "What?" You're like, "Oh, honey, I have a little detail to share with you." Exactly. I mean, no, because they were so. And my parents were because we were Palestinian in Kuwait. We just naturally seemed a lot more liberal than Kuwaitis for some reason. Like my mom didn't wear the veil. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and my uncle, like whenever there was like a, a booze ban in Kuwait, my my dad and uncle would make their own like beer and stuff. Oh, so I had, cool. they were pretty open. My parents didn't pray five times a day. We were just, um, yeah, so. Just cool. But we were just cool, <laughs> I guess. No, and uh, like all of my family members, like nobody, it really, and but Palestinians, for some reason, I've never really made a huge differentiation between Christian and Muslims, I guess, because we were like united uh, under, you know, uh, Israeli c- colonialism, uh, that we, you know, it didn't seem like there was any segregation. So I really didn't know the difference for a long time. But it, the way Islam was taught to me was was very, you know, it's how you behave with people. It's about being educated, although I dropped out of university uh, for comedy. But anyway, that's another topic. Um, another cool move. <laughs> another cool the whole move. question was uh, makes it cool, um, and you just went into a whole thing about this whole Islam. thing about Islam. Well, just, I guess Islam makes you cool. I think Islam. The way that I learned Islam made me cool. It seemed cool the way that you learned. But it's it. not that. It's it's me getting to the point of not being conventional. Why we're unconventional, and that I I just hate that the Islamic world today just seems to be like a bunch of sheep just uh, answering to like extremist Muslims about what it is to be Muslim, which is the complete opposite of the way I've been taught how to be Muslim. And for some reason, ignorance and backwardness is is taking over and I just refuse to follow 
uh, mm-hmm. something that somebody you know tells you this is how we're all supposed to be and it's it's not right and Islam is about questioning and um, you know evolving as a person yeah um, very few things make me more angry than people trying to play God and trying to judging each other and saying like oh this is how it's supposed to be and like in whatever religion and I it, mean are they trying to gatekeep Islam from you right oh just prove you're Muslim have you prayed five times today and you're like, who are you, God? Like, why are you asking me? It's not realistic of how religion works. Like, there's all, like in every religion, there's a full spectrum of like ways and extents to which people practice it, and that's just not realistic to say that there's one way to practice a religion. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Our folks gave her such a cool version of Islam. I kind of want it. That's the thing about religious people is that you know, I talk about it in my stand-up. They tend to be so judgmental when they're supposed to be the least judgmental, and I don't know why. They feel like they've been given an authority over other people. But let me tell you, Just for Laughs posted a clip of mine uh, from a gala that I did two years ago. And I just like go read the comments because it's a bunch of Muslim people telling me that I can't call myself Muslim because I'm a lesbian. Oh, Um, Oh, that's so cute. They think they know things. (laughs) No, but at one point I was arguing with this guy back and forth for like hours. Yeah. uh, And... Then I realized that he was like 17 years old and I felt so dumb that I wasted so much time with this fucking 17 year old. But, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't tell Iman this yet, but there's um, a, a younger comic in Toronto. Her name is Salma Hindi and she wears a hijab and she's a lot more pious. Than, than you. No, she's, she's definitely she's obviously yeah, not yeah, yeah. Uh, even gay. And um, and I <laughs> we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I mean, if you <laughs> no, but most women, if they stay in the stand-up comedy wor- world for long enough, eventually you know, they'll yeah, yeah pull around with another chair. It has to happen. But <laughs> no, the point is, is that I saw a documentary that like a mini like ten minute documentary uh, that was she had on Refinery Twenty Nine, and she was talking about comments that she gets, and you mind me, you'll be interested to know, even though you've walked away from the table, um, that she gets comments from Muslims that are, you know, more religious than her, that tell her that she's not Muslim or practicing the religion, right, because she has a, a, a wearing a tight clothing and she dresses very modestly. I mean, or, and just that she act that she's on stage doing comedy. So uh, you're... You can't win. No one can win. Like someone's always going to tell you you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Embrace no matter being a loser. no matter what you do. Yeah. Embrace it's... the loserness. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I fucking love being a loser in that case. Ugh. Yeah, that's infuriating. Yeah, and no matter what level, like quote level, you follow stuff strictly and blah blah blah. Like no matter what, there are going to be people. They're going to be the haters jumping on you. Yeah, about something, nitpicking. Yeah. yeah, just and it's like some people spend more energy criticizing others than actually quote practicing the religion in whatever Darling, way that have, means. Darling, they have a lot of free time. I know. How do people yeah. have that much free time? And, like, it's, like, I don't, like, my family's different because, like, my parents are uh, interreligious marriage and, like, some of the people who are pissed about that and both of their families aren't even religious. Like, they're not even doing their religion, but they're still, like, upset that you're not staying with it. And and it's, like, like, what's your point? (laughs) Right. Yeah. uh, But why? But why? It's also a social group and a pseudo-ethnic group and all that shit. And yeah. Right. It's, it, but, it's messy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people, it's like it comes when they're when when they're not really true believers or anything, and and they're upset by stuff like that. I think it's just because they're they wish that they had 
that same freedom and unapologeticness and had maybe different choices in their life that maybe they didn't mm-hmm. because following rules and they're unhappy it's like, with wait, that. you get to do that I, I could have done that like you yeah. know i bet that's like a big factor in a lot of homophobia too it's like wait you can you can do whatever you want. I, I truly believe that that's what caused the, the pulse shooting. That guy couldn't live his life the way he wanted to, and mm-hmm. he couldn't handle it, and he went to shoot up the place. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a hatred for the freedom that other people are exhibiting. How could you allow yourself to do that? Yeah. 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 yeah that makes sense. We solved it. <laughs> yes. But also, there should be comments on the internet. Like, there should be no comment sections. Well, because you're going to be so much braver. This is why dialogue is so important. And just like being face to face with somebody. Because nobody will be that mean in person. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Exactly. Wait, does anyone listen to um, Dylan Marin's podcast, Conversations with People Who Hate Me? Oh, I haven't yet. It's like he, um, like, well, originally is that he would get into contact with people who like left hateful comments on his videos and then like have a phone conversation and talk to them about like where they were coming from and stuff. And now he does some work. He moderates like conversations with like two other people who got into a weird internet fight. And Whoa. basically with that, like people who like were just throwing shit at each other in the comments section can actually have productive conversations once they're actually treating each other as people. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love the sound of that. You, you've been interviewed. Iman's been interviewed by him before. Yeah, I got to do... I can't remember oh. it, it was a video interview, though. It was um, before, before he started that podcast. Yeah, he used to do mostly video work. Um, yeah. But that's cool. I, he actually viewed me as, as one of like the Muslim queers or Arab queers or something. It was like one specific episode um, talking to me and two, two other oh, people. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Was yeah. it... Was it about the same thing, like you talking to someone who had left a comment, or was it different? No, no, no. Just talking about being queer and Arab and Muslim. Okay, okay. I kind of want to pick a fight with him now. <laughs> I'm just a fan. Yeah, I'm just a fan. I just wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Nadia, Nadia had an idea for you to talk about responses you've gotten to your comedy in Canada versus the U.S. Would you be able to talk about kind of... Yeah, tell us how much yeah, Americans suck. Like um, no, it's... Yeah. I don't think we suck, but there is a huge difference. I do feel like in America has a lot of unresolved racial issues with Black people, obviously. You don't um, say. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what? It really, it really, uh, it really was a a big thing whenever we go back home to Canada we feel a sense of relief we feel like we're going to be able to you know not to say that Canada is perfect and obviously our population is you know 10 times less than here um but you know acknowledgement of like racial inequality and that sort of thing has been done politically and this country is resisting that like I'm all for reparations for black people and everything that has happened to them, the way they get mistreated, how they're, it's just so racially charged here. And the one noticeable thing that I found in our shows, sometimes when we do our duo act, we try to set up a couple from different backgrounds. And it's so, from the three or four times that we've done it in the States, it's been so difficult to get people to come up on stage as opposed to Canada, where it doesn't seem like that big of an issue. Okay. Well, that's something in our per- in our particular show because we have that moment where, I mean, the idea behind it is we try to find a Jew and a Muslim um, to set up some queer or straight, and th- you know, the the joke is that we want we can't be the only ones out here disappointing our families. So it could be any <laughs> kind of combination of 
of people. Like when we were in Vermont, it was pretty much all white people. So it was looking for like a snowboarder That's and a skier. <laughs> the whitest place, Vermont. Oh yeah, but I, yeah, they're racial. I mean, the thing is in Canada, there's sort of like um, a, a different level of shared uh, values that everybody agrees on. I mean, and I'm saying this with a, the caveat that there's a push rightwards that's coming because there's a lot of money from the U.S. Uh, of these right-wing groups that are trying to shift, trying to create issues out of nothing. So, like, abortion has been a settled issue for a long time, kind of, yeah. in a way as it was here. But um, there's a lot of money and a lot of groups with interest in going across borders to shift conversations and, and fund. I mean, we have a lot of more regulations around money and politics, but there's still always ways to sort of sneak in there. Our media is a lot more low-key you know there's there's a lot less um uh, ability to spread propaganda and and incite people like for example the idea that a conservative would propose getting rid of universal health care is would be political suicide for them so it's like there's things that everybody like uh, such a large percentage of the population agrees on and that is kind of comforting you know to feel like we don't yeah. need to spend any time fighting about these things that are right and settled and work and that you can improve how the universal healthcare system works is not perfect for sure but you're talking about things that are matters of opinion and not like the humanity of other people and um so you're not you're not angry like all the time mm -hmm. but result like i mean from a comedy perspective here like comedy is a lot more interesting because things are a lot more fucked up you know and talking <laughs> about that and there like you know in comedy like you often talk you know you create a tension and then you release it with a punchline and and so I remember like when I was here for a little while before we moved here and there was there were like all the I mean there still are a lot of police shootings but there was like you know marches about it in New York I guess it was Eric Gardner maybe yeah and okay. um and I had some kind of a a, a throwaway thing where I was digging into the police and their lack of accountability. And I just sort of said it like in a joke and nobody really knew like what I was talking about. It's not that they weren't aware, but like you, if you don't, if the tension isn't there that everybody's thinking and dealing with something and you, you have no sort of punchline to like, there's no tension there to your punchline just kind of dies, you know, because you're not, there's that underlying kind of um, issue isn't there for people to, respond to your punchline. I don't oh, know if that makes yeah. sense. No, it makes sense. It's like it, if, if it, if if it doesn't... Not, if they're not thinking about it or don't think it's an issue, there's no tension. Or if they're, if it doesn't hit home for a certain group. I don't know. Yeah. And then... Um, or like they need overplaning, and then it's not then it's not a joke, you know? Yeah. It's Or sometimes they just... They're also... They feel bad about... Like, people here can laugh about very dark things because they're living it. And, and in Canada, it's almost... People... It's not that they get offended more, but they kind of have a tendency to feel sad about a joke that people would laugh at here. And, and then it's not on the PC topic or offense or anything, just the response to a dark joke here about race, like a black comic or whatever, that's, you know, a brilliant, like it's people would laugh here because they can see that this person is making light of a dark experience. And in Canada, they might just feel sad. Sure, you know, um, I think also that we don't have, you know, religion in our politics is a huge, huge thing. Well, you talk about religion a lot. Too. I talk about it. Yeah, I, I criticize religion a lot. But I'm saying politically speaking, like our last prime minister, the last conservative prime minister was a full on evangelical Christian. And, you know, he, there's zero mention of God in our politics, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Right. Can I have some of that? 
Yeah, I mean, and I guess the other thing, this is gonna, and I maybe this was like just because it was a different time, or I maybe I wasn't aware of it, but I let's say I've become a lot more aware of uh, being a, a, a white woman since I moved to the U.S. I, you know, it's not that I wasn't self-aware before, but the level of and well-founded suspicion that people of color and black people have towards white people. I hadn't experienced that before, the sort of needing to earn people's trust uh, because of how I look like. I mean, and also just because I, I because I'm married to Iman, and we're often in very similar uh, social situations and places. We're together. I I see the difference in how people respond. People of color respond to her, and maybe it just takes a little bit longer with me, which is completely understandable, and it's not a criticism, but it's just it's just something new. You had to get used to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, it sounds like I, a new dynamic, like a pretty new dynamic in the U.S., like a more pronounced. But you also have this really cool control group. It's like, is this like <laughs> is this like a racial situation? All right, can you can you can you do the exact same thing? <laughs> yeah, it could just be me personally. Also, I don't know. It depends. Yeah. No, I hear that. How did you get to know each other? How did you meet? So I was um, on the comedy scene 12 years ago. That's when I started and just came on the scene two years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were friendly for two years, like nothing romantic, just was in a relationship. I was a single straight party girl. That was her whole thing. That was All her comedy. Thing. I had no idea that I was gay. I was really genuinely attracted to men I don't think it was something that I repressed but I never I never fell in love or had a relationship with a guy but I definitely and so that I just thought that I was going to be you know the single party girl forever until I got established in my comedy I sort of also didn't want to be in a relationship because I knew that would set me back and I I just saw a lot of my guy friends on the scene be in relationships and and thought they would be a lot further if they didn't have these girlfriends holding them back (laughs) Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. most of them wouldn't date other comedians, so the girls wouldn't understand, them, yeah. you know, they no, wouldn't they're, understand they're, whatever. It's not understandable. It's not understandable. It's a horrible career. So, yeah. um, and I knew that I didn't want to be distracted. I really wanted to make it in this business. And then Jess comes along on the scene. We're friendly for two years. And then one night, this guy said, we were talking, we talk a lot about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's how I flirt. It's how I <laughs> good pickup line. Yeah. So we talk, and we were able to have really good conversations about it because we were both moderate and not, you know, crazy, you know, we're not emotional and we were pretty well read about it too. So it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. that we were repeating talking points that we learned from our families without like ever reading anything about it. So no one opened with, so let's drive these people into the sea. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that was good. And then one night, uh, a, a friend of ours, uh, one of the comedians on the scene, saw us talking about about the whole thing. And then I guess we were like talking kind of close because we're always in bars and drinking and stuff. Um, and then he suggested that we should kiss. I guess he wanted to initiate a threesome. And uh, <laughs> I guess he definitely. So this guy wanted oh to God. have a threesome, <laughs> That's and that started. and that put it in uh, in put Iman in my head as um, someone to like romantically or like not yeah because yeah, I hadn't yeah. I hadn't seen her. I guess she was like someone who was straight. I was involved in my own craziness, and um, so I just you know and but Iman was always bringing Jews and Muslims together. Uh, before us, she had a, a show called Kosher Jokes for the Halala Days, oh, um, which was a Christmas show 
where, where Jews and Muslims performed together, and it was a like three city thing. Aww. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's another thing. I, I started that show because that was another thing that I noticed on the scene, how important exposure is. Um, the Muslim and Jewish comedians were always drawn to each other because they probably, like, met one, you know, a Muslim for the first time in their life or vice versa, a Jew for the first time in their life. And they were so drawn to each other. And I knew that, like, through exposure and communication, people will realize that the other side is not as as scary as they they were taught, you know, and right. the show was such a great success, and I was so happy to do it. And as a result, the exposure went so well that Jess and I fell in love. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I was paid in exposure as well. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always joke too that I thought that Jess must have been like a Mossad agent sent by Israel to like sabotage my career because oh I God. always be like. You know, a successful comedian. I don't want to date anybody, and all of a sudden, this like super smart and like sexy. Oh, okay. Wow. Comes on the scene, and um, yeah, definitely a conspiracy. And she ruined my career ever since. My career has been ruined. I wish you guys could see how she started moving while she was saying that, like like as if I was Jessica Rabbit, but just like sauntered up to him. Like, which was our Halloween costume last Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fitting. I love it. So yeah. Jessica and Roger, or Jessica and Roger, yeah. I was Roger Rabbit, and Jessica was Jessica Aww. Rabbit. Aww. I, need, I need pictures of this. Oh my yeah. god, they're so awful. Because can this be a picture that goes with the episode? <laughs> you can. Iman, actually, um, when you were joking that you were so Arab that you couldn't look like a rabbit, you look like a. a... I totally look like a girl and not a rabbit. <laughs> we'll send you guys. A... This needs to. Oh, be I'm this. gonna tag you right now. Actually, I'll tag the queer Arabs. You guys are on Instagram, right? Yes. Please tag us. Uh, it's at the queer Arabs. I should just say that I got my costume out of a bag and so the dress is like not my size and I'm not and I for some reason even though my hair is red I'm wearing this god-awful wig. wig that came with it that's like a bright orange it's it's a beautiful car you guys are gonna love it's it. also I mean my eyes are closed in the photo it's the whole thing is okay the queer air podcast has- I just tagged you guys thank oh, you boy. I'm ready for every component of this these are my favorite episodes darling because can we just change this to like how lesbians got together stories <laughs> give me suggestions i'm very single over here oh yeah well wh- what are you doing are you do you go out to uh like queer events or my, my, my problem okay i'm also one of those people with a horrible career who like dating is time consuming yeah <laughs> yeah i feel you on that point but what about and have you tried within um the same world that doesn't go well sometimes because like sometimes you break up and you're still contact improv partners yeah because you guys get actually physical on stage together yeah. i mean how dancers how they don't all end up having sex with each other is beyond me i think that's another reason jess didn't want me to judge the dance competition You're, yeah she is, i am so into it she's it's a so into dancers here's the thing like when you do it all the time it's just like boring like not that it's boring like you love what you do but it's not like sexual it's not sexual necessarily it's like some, like sometimes you do end up fucking each other, but also like sometimes like it's just touching someone but someone's butt is just like a mechanical thing. Like oh, let me just put that on my shoulder because like it's my job, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that's like a functional place to put it, and it's like making a shelf, and now we're aligned. Yeah, there's a lot of just like normalization of touching and like desexualization of bodies because you're just around bodies so much that it's you know they're just like little meat sacks, and sometimes they're sexual, but they don't necessarily have to be. Because, like, you just know so much about them on, like, a scientific and functional way that, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of is. But let's yeah. be honest, some meat sacks are just a, a lot nicer than other meat sacks. <laughs> they are. Like, that. I'm not, I'm not, like, denying that. And, like, it's not like dancers never end up fucking each other. It's just... No. After a while, you get used to it. No, yeah. but, yeah. so... Listen, I mean, if you had told me that I was going to marry another comedian and we were going to have a duo act, I, I, the idea of that, in theory, would have sounded awful to me on every level. On the other hand, uh, that also sounds like classic vaudeville right there. Right. <laughs> Real TBT throwback to the uh, vaudevillian <laughs> days. We but, are bringing the duo act back, sort of. Yeah, we're one of the rare, rare a, Yeah, people. I mean, definitely, I don't know any... Um, I know some brothers. There's like the Lucas brothers and the Sklar brothers. There's some in that sister group. I don't know if there's a wife wife group. Anyway, um, yeah, filling a hole in the market, but um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But what were we saying, dancers? Oh, yes. yes, I know what I wanted to say is that something in retrospect that I think was good about our relationship and comedy was that we didn't tell anyone we were together uh, until we got engaged. So for four years, nobody, oh. except for like, our best friends, or my best friend in comedy, knew. And well, she was the first one to know, and then eventually I had to slowly come out or just was going to dump my ass. Well, you kept dumping me. Well, yeah, Iman, I mean, really, it wasn't on purpose. It was just that Iman was having a lot of trouble. I just, I couldn't believe that the first person I fell in love with was a woman. Yeah. That's why I thought you were a spy. Right. <laughs> Also, when we went to Texas, we should tell, we went to Austin, and outside of Austin, we went to a, a shooting range, and neither of us. Oh my had god, ever... that's so Texas! I know we were really doing the stuff, the tourist stuff, and um, yeah. and so we went to this place, and we got these like they gave us these really big guns, and you know we had the ear things on, and yeah. like the kind of gun where the bullet case come falls off the back after well, you it shoot was it. So traumatizing. I mean, I yeah. hated Holy every shit. No. We didn't love it, but we were like, hey, well, we should do, well, do this I, one. I didn't love it. My yeah. wife, ladies and gentlemen, okay. got like a bullseye every single shot. Well, when Holy the paper sh- came back. So she's like, of course. Of course. And you're just pretend you're in the Mossad and you're just pretending <laughs> and that you don't like this. And meanwhile, like, it's just pow, pow, pow. Right. Bullet, bullseye. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think I even hit the paper once. No. Anyway. You're like, so, why the fuck are you so good at this? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Um, that have make sense, you know, that to her theory, but um, I'm not. Um, but I <laughs> so you've see. never leaned into this a sexy spy stereotype. I mean, at the beginning, I was also really in shape, and I had like previously my my work was with the UN as a lawyer, and I sort of just arrived in the comedy scene <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. I like which which lawyer comes to Montreal out of all places to become a comedian? Like this is not this does not add up. And then my brother was, my brother-in-law was an actual uh, spy for Canada. Like, with the, they're called CSIS, is like the CIA in Canada. So I thought both of them were going to kill me when I stayed over in Toronto. Oh, because at one point he had like, and I remember one specific morning where he went to work, my sister-in-law went to work, and then Jess and I were just like waking up, and then the door opened and my brother-in-law came back to the apartment and I'm like oh this today's the day <laughs> that like, I that's died. it that's it yeah it's over and also the other thing is okay so I have a joke about Iman's tat she has a tattoo Ooh. which is um it's the map of Israel and it says Palestine over top in Hebrew letters oh okay yeah yeah and um so I have a joke about that the first night that we got naked and um but my brother-in-law also has a tattoo and his tattoo is like a fusion of the Canadian flag and the Israeli flag. 
Oh, oh my. But there, there were like a few, plus he worked in the government. God and, damn it. They were definitely things that corroborated maybe your theory. Right. I could see how you could maybe think that. Right. And also, apparently I have a pretty good accent for Arabic. <laughs> oh my God. So when she speaks really? Arabic, Yeah. So her know. grandfather is Egyptian, Turkish, although she doesn't look at, at, at all. You, you, you've seen my wife. She's redhead, yeah. eyes, the whole thing. And she met my parents and she would say like certain words in Arabic to try to impress them. My mom turned to me and was like, her accent is really, really good. You sure she wasn't like in the Israeli army? (laughs) Because it sounds like flawless, you know? Jess, do you know any Hebrew? Do you think that's why? No, I think it means. I speak Spanish and French. I don't know. My accent in French is awful. My accent in Spanish is pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes if you're just like multilingual, you just can make more sounds. Maybe. You know? Yeah, that, sound, that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> we'll that go with sense. that. Yeah. I'm resist- I am so resisting the urge to make a she's good with her mouth remark. Oh, my Ooh, God. Yeah. And she actually awesome. is. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ramadan. We went there. <laughs> and now I'm just going to go in the corner and die. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good that's a good last joke to die on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing I like to be ashamed of. Okay, you know. Speaking of how you met, Ellie and I spent, I don't even know how long, looking through it, this comic strip. I mean, they're all isolated comics of you two. And can you talk about who illustrated it and how that came, to, came about? So just a while back, I want to say, what, it's been... About a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, so, so we would write a lot of status updates on Facebook about each other, and they would be really, really popular. A lot of back and forth dialogue stuff, basically just insulting me. And Aww. Um, Aww, that's love. <laughs> you love to be roasted. I do love to be roasted. Okay. Um, <laughs> one day, Jess was just like inspired in the living room and was like, "What do you think if we had like a comic strip?" Or did you say no? I thought, animated series. I was thinking, you know, that it would be nice to have uh, a cartoon sitcom, which is actually, I mean, we do hope to do that at some point. That's sort of the big, the bigger dream. Uh, because both of us um, could get older and fatter, and you know, we, we would be cartoons, and so that could happen. Aww. We'll stay young forever. Yeah, and and the idea of voicing, I don't know, seemed sort of more realistic than than actually playing ourselves, and also the mm. idea that animation you could broach darker and crazier topics and there's a lot more leeway I think when things are animated so um yeah so that was the idea and then but because those kinds of big projects always if they're too big you don't really do them so the idea of doing one one comic um a week seemed doable and we have a very close friend family friend and he lives in London his name is Jesse Brown and he's so good he um he drew us for our wedding invitations, and they came out so great. And he's always done posters for me since I started comedy. And he just liked the whole idea. He wanted to work together, and um, so it kind of came together like that. Our, the L. Solomons, which is the name of the cartoon, was our wedding hashtag and our wedding email. And it, now it just sort of spun into this project where we do a comic each week and we do um live shows together with our duo act and hopefully one day um an actual you know tv show that's so cool i really love the sort of like ink and watercolor style that he has going on so it's so great because to have that third person who he does i mean we're surprised at sometimes how well he knows us because we send him um you know like four or five 
ideas of, like they're like little mini scripts and then he illustrates them and he adds this other layer of comedy with the facial expressions and just sometimes he he adds in yeah or or how he play I mean sometimes we'll tell him in this setting or that setting if it's like it's a restaurant or it's a airport or whatever um, oh, okay. if it's filled to the to the little you know cartoon but sometimes he he has a certain like way of sitting or place in the apartment or... he's great yeah he's really really talented and it's yeah. true that I feel like he with the facial expressions specifically oh, there's so one good. of um, Iman where she woke up in the morning with all of her makeup yes, and her hair I love that <laughs> It makes me laugh so much where she's trying to pretend like it's Mrs. Maisel, but yeah. she just freaks out like that. Um, so he's wonderful, yeah. and uh, that and his style, I think, is is pretty unique. So it really stands out, and it it looks so nice when you see the whole Instagram page all animated like that That's... or illustrated like that. My favorite one is the halal cart one. Can I get a shawarma spicy? Here you go. Is it spicy? And then the guy's like, I can put it on the side. And then Jess in the cartoon is like, it's for my Arab wife. And then the guy's like, why didn't you say so? It's so cute. And I love the facial expressions on that and like the mustache on the guy and everything. It happened at Mamoun's, uh, you know, in, in the West Village. I was trying, or yeah, in the, or in the village. I was trying to get Imana Shwarma because I was performing and then I asked her if she wanted me to bring anything back and I know her order. And yeah, they're oh, exactly taking me about. Ooh, What's her oh. order? What's her order? Well, I mean, she likes it a shawarma with baba ganoush and spicy. Yep. At that, that Yofi, <laughs> <laughs> that's at the at that place in particular. Just um, so Mount Moons is amazing. Yeah, they're hot. Well, I love. That's the thing about like, performing in comedy. You just know there's like all these like great because it's New York City. These great spots where you could eat, and Mount Moons is definitely one of them. But I'm always torn between Mount Moons and that Lebanese uh, Manaish place. Wait, is it just like a place that's called Manusha? Yeah, is it Manusha? Yeah, I think that's I what think it's called. called. I, I don't know. Like I can't bring myself. Like it, it tastes good. It's like fine, but it's like the seven dollar Manusha. What's the deal? Expensive. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you go to Sahadi's and it's so much better because it's like a lot more. Sahadi's is my favorite. My go-to grocery store, and I think they're a lot cheaper there. But it's true, I guess, because it's in the village. It's priced high. Honestly, I'm surprised. Like when it should become more of a thing in New York. You know, I feel like it could be like a street art. It should be. Just saying. We should do it. Let's do it. Let's Co- do it. Comedy well, and men at each on New York streets. Yeah. I mean, if I have a halal cart, will anyone come to it? Yeah. <laughs> what if it's a cot? Yeah, like food like with a side. Yeah, like uh, comedy. Yeah, food with a side of comedy. That would be really cool. I think people would do it. Uh, Nadia, actually, I know Ellie and I. Ellie and I have been asking mostly everything. Nadia, do you want to ask anything? Um, do I want to ask things? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like interested in like what are the what are your like favorite and least favorite like audience responses you've gotten to your comedy? Oh my god! I mean, I'm sure you've gotten like the whole fucking array. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've definitely gotten a range of stuff, but I think my favorite response that I wasn't a response that I ever thought I would, I don't know, that I would, that surprised me because I didn't know it was something that would be so fun was since doing the duo act part of, um, cause you know, getting a big laugh is the number one thing you want. Uh, but when we do our duo act, we have these kinds of arguments on stage with, with each other as we tell a story from our different perspectives. And you know, I get to say some of the things that Iman does, uh, like her, um, if she drives, and I get to hear the whole audience go, 
it is so satisfying to have them agree with me that this was a bad thing she did. I, I have a bit of road rage issues. I don't like to drive, but yeah, you, know. you shouldn't. And um, so that, like that, 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 res- that very like real response of an audience gasping and and acting as this third party. Um, Telling, I mean, I like to be right, so that that definitely <laughs> unexpected and cool. I mean, laughter is the best one. I think the thing that the most awful ones have always. It, I used to think that bachelorette parties were a nightmare until Trump was elected and we moved here. And so I think really, it's 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 the heckle that is racist. Is oh, yeah. it's like feels like hate and not drunk, just like rando drunk. Let's make this about me. Used to be the worst, but now it's like seems like nothing compared to someone who you know, for example, says to Imana. Palestinians don't exist as she's like standing right in front of them. Yeah, I've had that in New York and LA, it happened to me. And then during after right after Trump won uh, the election, I was on stage and I'm like super if you know my stand-up, it's like super critical of religion in general. And I guess I just said that I'm Muslim. I didn't even like get to a joke and they were like, You're a terrorist, you know, like nobody wants to be Muslim, whatever. I, anyway. Uh. That happened in New York. Like, what what are are doing this at? Where like people like sign like like who are who are these people? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're in comedy clubs. They're not you know like they're not real real people. They're just in comedy clubs. Yeah, they're not. I mean, they're not like at Caveat where we did the dance show. Right, right. Because like, I guess like okay, when I go to comedy things, it's usually like Brooklyn. Usually like feminist POC comedy thing. And like you, you, you go there to see particular people, and you know what you're signing up for, you know? Right. So it's, it's, yeah, it's like you different. come to see the Palestinian comedian to go and tell her that Palestinians don't exist. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, like mainstream comedy scene is a different. Right, because a lot of people are tourists in New York, and they're here um, from states, other states, or just Staten Island or New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Foreign lands, basically. Foreign lands. And um, but they've already read them a lot. And and, uh, and they, they're just coming out to see comedy and they don't know who's on the bill or anything. They just are going to a comedy club because they're like, let's let's go see some comedians. And so, yeah. and, and they have whatever they're expecting to see and what's going to be like fun for them. And then, you know, yeah. And some they don't they feel like oh uh, I'm going to be lectured to and well uh, that's it Com- and comedy clubs for such a long time were basically safe havens for straight white males oh, and okay. uh, so audiences are so used to seeing white guys up there talking about you know whatever they talk about m- masturbating and how their wife <laughs> is awful and you know all of that everybody's trained not all that. white men yeah yeah you know and, um, <laughs> not all men <laughs> god damn it do we just not all men again not all men but always men yeah 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 so i think that's what they're used to at a comedy club and that's slowly changing which is thank goodness because it, it's it was all, like when i first started oh stand up 12 years ago and i started 12 years ago so imagine the women that started 30 and 40 years ago but wow you know um sexism was like normal racism is normal sexual abuse oh was normal like the all idea that-, that you would bill a show as feminist and that that would be a, a draw in any way <laughs> that was the real f word when i first started <laughs> feminist for comics <laughs> 
Oh, no. wow. Get Wait, it. I, I forgot to ask this earlier, but now I'm kind of wondering, Amon, when during the period where you were, like, dating Jess but weren't really out to anyone about it, were you still, like, doing comedy about being, like, a straight party girl? Uh, well, that so the thing is, when Jess and I started dating, I was, what, year five into comedy, and that was the first year that I started getting a lot of things. So I got Just for Laughs, I got a comedy special, I got a bunch of... Uh, things I couldn't switch my material at that point, you know. So yeah, I was definitely yeah. still doing my old my old stuff, and I wasn't experienced enough to to start writing and talking about what I really wanted to talk about that early on in my and, career. And also, I mean, you you are attracted to men, so it's not like, and you weren't repressing being gay totally so it wasn't like I mean I was like pro-gay a lot of my friends were gay I'd hang out at gay clubs all the time like most of my straight girlfriends who are married with kids slept with women like it why does saying pro-gay sound like you'd be so homophobic <laughs> <laughs> I was like pro-gay come on <laughs> my best friend but I, I, was, I was actually wondering how do you identify how do I identify now? Yeah. When I first fell in love with Jess, I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, if, if we end our relationship, then I definitely go back to men. And now I'm like, God forbid a million times if Jess and I break up for whatever reason, I'm like, I don't think I could go back to men. Like, this is an upgrade right now. This eight years of being with a woman, I can't, I can't downgrade and go back to men. So I think now I, now I say that I'm a lesbian for sure. Yeah, I've always identified as bisexual, but I just, and I have a lot of material about that in my act, but I've been, um, like, in a monogamous relationship for so long that it, uh, it's, like, doesn't come up that much. Uh, oh. It's just to say that we're bisexual when we're married to I each mean, other. I mean, it's not hard, but, like, it's you know, hard. you know how people are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm bisexual. I'm pretty outspoken. And it always sort of, like, raises an eyebrow, like. It's like you're, but you're dating this wonderful Alia, and I'm like, I love Alia, and I will never break up with her. But I also acknowledge my. It doesn't past. change who you are all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, but I, but I totally hear you on guys. Yeah. Um, guys are are right, but it's impossible to have a relationship with them not without training them or something. <laughs> training yeah. them. It's like here, take yeah. a take a take a shower maybe once or twice a day. You know, maybe a little deodorant or perfume. It's, Once it's, or twice a day is asking a lot from a guy. Like maybe a couple times a week. No, they need. Actually, it. I don't. I don't. I think I'd have to be with like a gay man actually, because they seem to take very good care of themselves. <laughs> uh, I'm not experienced with dating men, so I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, darling. <laughs> like, okay, as someone who like like I, I'm kind of slippery with labels also, because like I'm like bisexual in the like very broad sense of more than zero attraction to more than zero men, but like mostly attracted to women and non-binary people and like don't really have any desire to date a dude at any point. Um, um, but also like, I don't know. I feel um, like dudes are different than men though. Dudes and men are dudes. different. <laughs> oh my God. Like your brother is definitely um, so in, my, a dude. in my piece. Um, so I have a drag piece about bros. Um, and there's a difference between dudes and bros also. There's like a, a I feel like I need to like provide more context for this, but I won't. Um, there's a point <laughs> in the piece where I like call my partner a, a dude. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then he's like, actually, I identify as a bro. Oh my god, I'm I like, love it. Ew. 
So it's like the two genders, dudes and bros. Dudes and bros. <laughs> and dude is so much better, for sure. Yeah, like, bro- bros are their own gender. Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> agree. They're their own species. They smell a little weird, to be honest. That's sadly the guys that I was attracted to. I really loved, like, manly, bro-y type of guy. I don't know. Yeah. I like my guys to be, like, scruffy and, like, masculine and, you know, a little ignorant. I don't know. It's so bad. <laughs> But the dumb ones are so that, cute. That, that has to be the kind of human that I'm not attracted to at all, but, like, you, you do you. <laughs> How about, to end this, what is, like, everyone's least favorite, the type of bro that you can't stand? I mean, I can't stand most bros, but one that comes to mind is back-end bros. The bros in these big-ass pickup trucks, maybe this is mostly in Texas, and they insist on backing into a parking space no matter what. Like if you're if 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 other people are waiting to park, they're like, no, I have to back in and take a long ass time. Okay, so I am very immersed in nerd culture, as everyone knows. I hate the gatekeeper bros. Like, you can't be a real fan of X if you don't know X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, it's like I want to open with, but actually, <laughs> and but then I feel well, like, well, actually, yeah, well, actually, and then I I'm like, shit, I just played their game and I lost. <laughs> I mean, I. My least favorite bro is the one who's like, no, I would vote for a woman president, but just not this one and that one and the other one. <laughs> or and, yeah. anyone who or actually any runs. of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Least favorite? I don't know. I um, guess like anybody like financial financial bros. Oh, financial oh. bros. I don't like that. Yeah, that preppy vibe. And I feel like they're the biggest criminals. Honestly, like white collar. Oh, yeah, yeah, They're, yeah. they're the Definitely. worst. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're the ones who get away with shit. Like oh, one okay. of the worst crimes, some of the worst crimes. Political science bros, particularly political science Columbia bros, who um like the, the white the white dude who will like try to mansplain Middle Eastern politics to me when I clearly know more about it than him, but also like I'm not going and running my mouth about it because I don't think I'm an expert. Israeli, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, they know a lot, but it's just a very very skewed uh, brainwashed perspective. That's right. And that's how we end our very lesbian podcast. <laughs> talking about bros. Hating on bros. That's the whole point. Nadia, how can people follow you, find you, etc.? Um, I'm in her own world on Instagram. Yeah, so that'd be the only good, good pinpoint. Nadia's voice cut out. It was Nadia in her own world, FYI, on Instagram. And then Iman and Jess, um, how can people follow you? What's the best way? Our cartoon account is the L Solomons um, on Instagram. You could also follow us individually because we are our own people as well. Oh. I'm uh, at Imanifique. And I'm at Jess underscore Solomon. S-A-L. S-A-L. Okay. Um, and then we are at The Queer Arabs on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And our website's thequeerarabs.com. Then you can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. And uh, you can email the Arabic side of the podcast, which is led by Ahmed. It's thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com. And Jess and Iman, can you, so people in the area know, what are some shows that are coming up? So we have all our shows up at our website, uh, thealsolomons.com. E- so it's E-L-S-A-L-O-M-O-N-S. And um, we have a show coming up in Denver. We're going to be in Northampton, Toronto. And in New York, we're at the Duplex on June 18th. We're hosting 
some comics we really love. It's a queer lineup of proud, uh, proud. It's called Too Proud, and it's a show for pride. I think that's. Uh, oh, yeah. and we're hosting. We're hosting. Oh yeah, Elpac. Yeah, there's a you know got you know how there's super pack. So there's one called there's a lesbian super pack, and they called Elpac, and they have an event that's a fundraiser called uh, Levity and Justice for All, and it's at the we're hosting that. It's at the PlayStation Theater in New York on June 25th. And the lineup is like really insane. Gina Yesterday, I want to say Sydney Washington. Emma Wilman. Emma Wilman. Really fantastic comics. And two years ago, Jess's best friend in comedy and my best friend in law, I like to call her Deanne Smith, who's a fantastic queer comic. Uh, from Canada, mm-hmm. it performed at the Elpac show, and Gloria Steinem was in the front row. So anyway, <gasps> holy you know, shit! That's that's a that's a no pressure uh, situation of where course. you're yeah. all these jokes so dumb. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the the bulk of what we've got left. All right, this um, was a good thing. Thank you both um, so much for talking to Ellie, me, and Nadia. Thanks so much, much, guys. This is amazing. Hope to see y'all in New York. Yes, please. Well, let us know when you're coming. We should coordinate our schedules better next time. uh, (laughs) Yeah, definitely will. I think you guys are um, interviewing uh, DJ Leilat or something. Oh, Leilat? Yeah. Yeah. We're actually, Jess and I are going to hang there tonight. Oh, Wake Island. Wake Island, but Leilat is their other name, I think. That's the name of the the night DJ Wake Island is the DJ duo, and then Leilat is the um, party series. It's the name of the party. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to them soon Very i didn't cool. i didn't want to jewish explain um <laughs> 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 oh my god stay in your lane nadia <laughs> nadia no that was jess who was just that sorry, was jess. sorry. That was i'm jess. sorry that was, i'm, I'm... jewish explaining the laylit party to laylit or how do you say it? yeah i don't know if nadia could jewish explain something i don't no. know that'd be either. a little <laughs> that'd be a little gonna, tough look i'm just gonna go back into this corner now and die a little <laughs> Now's a good time. Now's a good time to die. You'd be a cute ghost. Thank you. No problem. All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, this was amazing. Bye. Bye. Stay in touch. Thank you guys.